calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Let's hang out. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Les Hangout, the podcast that doesn't have any secrets, but we are allies. <laughs> from the West Coast, I'm Lee Holmes Foster. And from the East Coast, I'm Allie Brigida. To those of you who have been with us through this whole journey, thank you as always for listening. If you're a new listener, welcome. We're excited to have you here. And here's what's happening this week. This week in the Lesdom. This week in the Lesdom is a place where we can touch base each episode about things going on with the podcast or otherwise. And this week, where would we be if we were not talking about the prom? <laughs> it has swept the nation. I'd like to say, uh, in terms of thoughts, I'm very happy that there is a feel-good musical about lesbians. I just wish that the lesbians were far more of the central characters. But I do love the lesbians, and they're so cute. And I'm happy that they cast two queer actresses to play them. Yes. I think our thoughts are we love Ariana DeBose and we love Jerrilyn Perlman in the movie. If only somebody would create a musical that, like, focused more on the lesbian storylines. Just a thought. You know, yeah. Just an idea. No straight interlopers. But, you know, Ellie and I love a good musical. You couldn't keep us away I know. from the prom. And it was so cute and sweet. And I cried many times. So... Those are those are my those <laughs> are my my many can't thoughts. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. But do you have many thoughts about this next uh, this next topic? Oh Ellie? my god! I'm like also speaking of positive representation and lesbians being central characters. The Bukloe kiss finally came out. <laughs> it's like we willed it into existence all those many moons ago. Lee, that was like our first viral campaign. Like we that was really like hashtag release, release the, the kiss. kiss. And we got it. That was like one of the first times that we saw the power of fandom and we're like, wow, let's, we want to be here with these people. <laughs> and I'm just happy if you've been here since Release the Kiss, if you've just joined us, but you saw that kiss, we are all experiencing that joy together. So <laughs> we are living this moment collectively and and we love sharing it with all of you merry That's what's christmas happening. to us i also want to talk about miley cyrus's new album i know it came out a little while ago but i'd just like to say 
Number one, it's pretty fantastic. It features Joan Jett, Stevie Nicks, Billy Idol, and my personal favorite, the song is called Prisoner, and uh, it features Dua Lipa, and they duet together. The music video is very gay. <laughs> so check that out because it's... You know if we're talking about it, right? Yeah. Um, check it out, and I would highly recommend not watching it around family members. That's all. Find a private spot. <laughs> this, this has been your PSA. <laughs> Find a private place to watch it and enjoy. <gasps> Merry Christmas to us all. Oh, yeah. We just want to let you all know we will be taking a quick break. Only a two-week break, so don't worry. We will be back in your ears very soon on January 11th, and I think you're going to really love some of the episodes we have in store for the new year. That's what's happening this week. Back to you, Ellie and Lee. Thanks, Ellie and Lee, and welcome, everyone, to Season 4, Episode 9, our next installment of Les Sensuals. Les Sensuals is a recurring segment on the show where we dive into classic lesbian movies or shows. And as a reminder, we are also now writing and recording original songs based on all of our Les Sensuals episodes. So this time around, we are going to have a special song waiting for you at the end of this episode. It's called The Only Present I Need, and we can't wait for you to hear it. (laughs) I can't wait. It's going to be so Christmassy and beautiful. And to explain why our song is Christmassy, for this Les Sensuals episode, we're going to be breaking down the holiday rom-com if we can call it a rom-com, that has all of the gays abuzz. Happiest season, and we're joined by a very special guest, Justina Anis, social media manager and cat mother. So, Justina, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Yay, thank you guys. I'm so happy to see you again. <laughs> Me too. Do we need to do like a whole mini-sode on, on why Justina's on this episode? <laughs> This yes. has been a journey. This has been a journey, right? Yes. So I can I give like a quick recap? So we originally, you seen it, we had asked you to come on for a different episode. Yes, you did. <laughs> Which we will do, and we might have you back. So okay. you can all hear you seen it again Oh my soon. God, that would be great. <laughs> Not to worry. Our special correspondent for Les Essentials. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But we were going to do another movie, and then we kind of like pulled an audible last minute because Happiest Season came out, and all we have our feelings about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Justina, do you want to talk a little bit about the email that you sent to us before we jump in? Oh, God. Um, you know what? I'll give you guys permission to post it afterward oh, if oh, you want. Wow. So yes. you guys could get the exclusive of posting that. So maybe I shouldn't talk about it so that <laughs> all right, you, get, all right. <laughs> you get that exclusive. Build the suspense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, it's just an email. Well, it's like an essay I had written after watching Happiest Season where I just wrote down all my feelings about um, it because i think that's what every queer person has done they've watched yeah. this movie and then all we want to do is talk about it every day for hours for the rest of our lives yes. so that's, that's what why we're, we're here to do here <laughs> so buckle up everyone because welcome to our happiest season episode if you have not watched happiest season yet which um it's on hulu go take your time come back when you're done we'll be waiting <laughs> Uh, I'm just going to read us, as always, our IMDb synopsis of the film, which is as follows. A holiday romantic comedy that captures the range of emotions tied to wanting your family's acceptance, being true to yourself, and trying not to ruin Christmas. Which, like, right off the bat, this synopsis is not a rom-com. Like, listen to that. What part of that sounds fun? (laughs) 
<laughs> I know we have we'll have a lot of thoughts about the actual rom-comness of this, but that synopsis is killing me. It also just, just doesn't it also just doesn't really sum up the movie right. Like no. where are the lesbians? Like it's, it does a queer yeah. movie. Anyone, it gives you no plot points about where's what's actually Riley? Like, in the movie. <laughs> where's where's <laughs> Riley? Riley is the real plot of this movie. So for our should have been gay episodes, you know we do our um this is a true audible right now, but you know we do our should have been gay synopsis. For this, I want us to do our Riley synopses. So whoever wants to go first. You can you can go. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. All right. I maybe I will start <laughs> since I gave this prompt. So <laughs> I, I'll just put myself on the spot. So my Riley synopsis for Happiest Season is out and proud doctor finally gets revenge on the girl <laughs> who ruined her life in high school <laughs> by being even hotter in her adulthood and stealing her girlfriend. <laughs> That's, That's beautiful. Yeah. I love it. I don't know why, but when you said that, I I literally started writing a synopsis like from Riley's point of view. Like, okay, you yeah, can do I that do as too. Speaking, you can I speaking also as did Riley. So here's my synopsis of the movie from, from Riley's perspective. <laughs> could I have looked better in these blazers? No, no, I could not have. Great. That's it. Great. That's it. That's the tweet. <laughs> That's the tweet. <laughs> when you first said that, I also thought about it in a first person, and my immediate thought is, what the fuck am I doing here? I'm a doctor. I'm better than this. Um, <laughs> but then when you, said, when you said yours in third person, I thought of another one, which is, after 10 plus years, I finally got an apology, or she finally got an apology for being outed in high school. Yep. Just because karma bit the girl who out her in the ass. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. We're really so we're start- already we're already off the rails. So I'm gonna say, Oops. Ellie, why don't you give us like a real quick recap of what happens in the movie, just in case anyone doesn't know before we like dive into everything. Okay. So I'm gonna try really, really hard to keep this as short as possible. <laughs> because we really just want to dig into all the themes of this movie because there are a million. Okay, so here we go. I tried to do my like quick and dirty plot and you can add some stuff to it as well. We don't have to just like listen to me speak, but here we go. Harper and Abby have been dating for a little over a year. Very specific to know that they've been dating for a year. Been living together. Abby's planning on proposing. And Harper invites Abby to spend Christmas with her and her family who she's never met. On the way there, Abby finds out Harper actually isn't out to her family and lied about her coming out to them over the summer, which was maybe two months into their relationship. (laughs) When they get to the house, (laughs) Abby finds out the family is very waspy and cares far too much about appearances, which is clearly why Harper is having a rough time. We meet her entire family, Jane, who we love, of course, Sloan, the oldest, and we realize they each have their own purpose in this little family to be whatever they're supposed to be on the outside, but clearly they have secrets or they're just an ally. Um, (laughs) Hashtag justice for Jane. Justice for Jane. (laughs) When they go out for dinner, we meet two of Harper's exes. Connor, who is just a random straight man. We don't really care about him, but he seems fine. (laughs) We meet two exes, one we care about and and one one we're obsessed with. (laughs) Um, And also Riley. Riley is obviously perfection, played by Aubrey Plaza, and killing it in... All of the face area and the blazer area. All of the face area. 
<laughs> we also find out this is like I'm sort of going a little bit wild, but it's because I was attached to Riley here. We find out Harper has been hiding herself for a very long time and hurting the people that she loves along the way um, since ninth grade when she outed Riley to the entire school to protect herself from coming out, which is rough. Overall, Harper is pretty awful towards Abby in her attempts to hide her sexuality from her family. We have an ice skating scene, shoplifting at the mall, big fundraising event, her staying up till 2 a.m. with her ex-boyfriend and then being horrible to Abby afterwards, all culminating in the final Christmas party scene where Abby breaks up with Harper, thank God. But Harper and Abby start making out in the basement, of course. Sloane walks in on them. Then we find out Sloane's getting divorced, all kinds of things happening in that closet. They have a girl fight. She says, stay out of this, Sappho. Sloane outs her. (laughs) And Harper says, I'm not a lesbian, right into her girlfriend's face. And that's the last straw. Abby just has to leave. Can we talk about how the most lesbian thing ever is saying, like, they break up, then they're making out? <laughs> I know. Yes. They, yeah, Correct. literally, Correct. They, they just broke up, and then they're back together. Yes, we'll get it. We'll get into all. Sounds about right. We'll get into, like, the dynamics of their relationship, because, oh, my God. So, yeah, so they get back together, then they don't, because, you know, Harper is just horrible. So Harper screams, I'm not a lesbian, which is really the biggest thing. Abby's face there is so sad. But then she realizes she just lost the love of her life. Harper decides to finally actually come out. And she comes out in front of Abby, but Abby says it's too late. But then, you know, we have this whole, what's supposed to be this beautiful family moment. Everyone comes out. Sloane comes out. I'm getting divorced. We've been (laughs) trying so hard to earn your love, blah, blah, blah. Jane comes out. I'm an ally. And (laughs) Abby's like, still, no, gotta go. I realize John's not in the synopsis, but we'll talk a lot about him later with her best friend, John, which we obviously love. They're at the convenience store. Harper tracked Abby there. We'll talk about that, too. (laughs) It is so hard to get through this and stay quiet. I just want everyone to know the restraint that Eustina and I are showing right now. I'm honestly really (laughs) impressed. I'm very impressed with both of you. But I promise, like, there'll be so much to talk about once we get through this. So Harper has this big speech. She gives it to Abby. She loves her. She's out now. It's over. Like, she'll never hurt her again. She's the only family that she needs. And Abby falls for it. And she's in love. And she's, you know, she goes with it. So... They're in love. They make out. We have this beautiful rom-com moment. Then finally, the family decides, oh, we accept you. And Abby gets in the family photo. Everything's great. One year later, they're engaged and everything's perfect. And then Riley is at Pride with them. And that's it. The end. (laughs) The end. Did I do? The end. We did it. I know. Did I do a good job? Did I miss anything important? I feel like I got. Uh, Yeah. I think we hit the main points and and I think we'll we'll dive in we'll dive in now but yeah it's who hit is hard to sit through that let me tell uh-huh. you okay Let's dive in, and we're going to start at the top, because you've seen, actually, there is obviously a very great reason that you are on this episode with us, and that Mm -hmm. you are going to be um, a very important commentator on this story, right? You have a lot of feelings about this movie, because, should I I let you tell it? Should I? I I won't out you. (laughs) (laughs) We'll all tell our own stories. Yes, so um, I was so excited when the trailer dropped because I am out to every single person in my life with the exception of my parents. Um, We are immigrants from the Middle East. 
And uh, my mother has told me on multiple occasions that if she had a queer daughter, she would kick them out or she would die of a heart attack. Um, so that's not something that's in my cards for the very future. My sister knows I'm gay. She, she's very caring and supportive. But um, yeah, so I was really excited about the premise of this movie because I thought I'd see myself in the movie. But more importantly, I thought I'd see myself in Harper. And before I get into it, I just want to say I watched this movie twice. I rewatched it today. And um, the first time I watched it, I had a very strong opinion of, well, fuck Harper. I hate her. Um, <laughs> and the second time I tried, I, I tried to go in it with more open minded because I wanted I wanted to see it because of how other people see it. So I've seen a lot of people who are, you know, in favor of Harper and who are like, give her a break. She just she people do stupid things when they're, you know, in the closet, blah, blah, blah. But. So I, I I tried to put myself in that mindset and I hated her a little less the second time around. So I will be a little less harsh in my it's, critique. It's softened. We'll soften it a little. Yes. I also just I I want to be hopeful because this is the yeah. like only movie of its kind that we really have. And so I'm so grateful for it. I, I don't I don't want it to come across like all we're doing is hating on it, but also it's really important to critique the queer things that we get because how else are we gonna get better at representing us? We do wanna start right off the bat by saying, because, and we are going to be critical of both the movie and of Harper, absolutely, even though, I'll be honest, like, I will still probably continue watching this movie every year, um, because, what I, I mean, we just, you have to. Uh, <laughs> but here's what I want to say. Having seen that there is obviously a lot of emotional responses to this movie from queer people, and I think that's, that's to be expected, because these are queer experiences that resonate with so many of us. And I think it it resonates very specifically whether we have been the Harper or been the Abby in our own stories, right? And so I think that that those are things that are that are like immediately hitting people in like very raw places because both of those are very raw, like emotional responses that we're having. And while we are being critical of Harper, we are never going to be critical of anybody who does not feel it is safe to come out. You do not yes. have to be out to your family and you shouldn't feel pressure to come out to your family. And that is absolutely not something that we're ever going to critique Harper for. We might critique her for everything else she does in yeah. the movie, but we do want to state that up front because it is something that I have seen. I think a lot of people are taking the critiques of Harper as critiques of being in the closet, and that's certainly not um, not what we're going for and not what we want to say. So we we want to start with that. Um, yeah. But, and I know that this is something that, that you've, um, you know, said in messages and also in the essay that you sent us, <laughs> but I think Harper's story is more than just being in the closet. And I think that there are aspects of her story where having said that you wanted to come in and feel represented, that you didn't. Yeah. Um, adding on to what I said before, my I live with my girlfriend also, and my parents also think that she's my straight roommate. Um, <laughs> Which is we, as hilarious as it is with Kristen Stewart in the movie. It's very funny, because just like John says, have they ever met a lesbian? <laughs> But we literally have one bedroom with one bed um, and we got a pullout sofa just so that we could say, yeah, we take turns sleeping on the couch. 
You're like, oh my God. LA is really, you live in LA, right? Yes. You're like, LA is just really expensive. But so. you know what it is. So it works. <laughs> <laughs> it works. Um, but yeah, so I was like, yes, a movie, like a, a movie that's just going to like feel like me and my life. But um, apart from that specific storyline, I just could not see myself in Harper whatsoever because despite the crippling fear that I constantly have to face about my parents finding out, I would never harm the people that I care about to protect myself, even if it means putting myself in harm's way, because to do so would be extremely privileged, which sounds crazy because being in the closet is not a privilege in any way. But hurting other people for yourself is just, it's not something that I'm willing to do, especially outing a person of color as a child and then putting them in a position where they don't get to have that moment for themselves. Riley will never be able to say that she came out on her own terms. And that's really shitty. Yeah. The outing story with Riley is obviously like one Mm -hmm. of the biggest like rough, 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 like on Harper, where it's just like, it's very, very difficult for that to be redeemable. Like I was saying to Lee before, I also was trying to be a bit more kind towards Harper Uh as well in my second, in my second rewatch. And like, that is the part that's just like, you, it's like, just so not. Yeah. 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 And and I think we do, we do shitty things and we are shittier people. Like when we are trying to hide ourselves. Like, yes. I think everyone can relate to that. Absolutely. Like, I, I I, will joke about it sometimes, but, like, one of my good friends now, like, literally would say, like, I hated straight Ellie and I love gay Ellie. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. But also it's like, well, because straight Ellie was hiding herself and actually, like, yep. but, I mean, I don't think I was, like, really harming other people. It just was, like, I, I wasn't true to myself. And so, like, exactly how could anyone really know who I was? Yeah, Yeah, that was, that was totally my experience too. I mean, I didn't know I was gay until I was like 20. And so there was a long time in my life where I was not who I was. And looking back at it now, I hated that person. And that person was very awful and annoying, but that person never outed someone to protect herself. And everything else Harper does throughout the movie, I can understand. I can understand to some extent, but that was just the one thing that I was like, no, I, I can't. I will never be able to understand that. I think this is where, because I think the outing story is a good example, too, of, um, I know when when we first uh, were messaging about this, Justina, that I, one of the things that I feel about this movie, because, you know, we've seen, like, I know everyone's favorite fairy game other, Dana, just tweeted about how, you know, are we more critical of queer content? And here's what I think, to me, one of the big issues with this movie is this, it is queer content. This is created by queer people, starring queer people. It's obviously a queer story. But at the same time, I think Hulu wanted this to be marketable. And so it's a story that feels like it was both written or attempted to be written for straight people and for queer people at the same time. And I think it suffered on both fronts because of it. And I think one of the main reasons why is that Harper's story is relatable and is recognizable for queer people. And I think Harper's story, if you if you make a few tweaks, would make her redeemable but still 
the antagonist to queer people in a way that it wouldn't to straight people, you know? Because the thing is, I still think that straight people watching this movie and hearing how Riley was outed probably don't care as much about it as as much as, like, we are, like, yeah. stuck on this, right? We're like, how could you ever get past this? How is that ever forgivable? How has she never apologized for this in, like, ten plus years later? Like, we are so stuck on that story that I feel like for straight people is probably, like, a blip in this movie, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that in the same way, some of Harper's actions, I think were probably exaggerated to make her worse, because I think the reality is, like, those of us who have been the Abby in this story, right, like, we understand how much it sucks. It sucks to go home, and, and not even just being closeted, it's just, like, sometimes going home with the person that you're dating and having them become that different person that Abby describes, right, where it's just, like, you go home with people who have a different view of you and different expectations of you and especially like you know when we the early years where I was dating my wife where like we would go home and she had just come out and like she would go home and try to be the person that she was in high school with the people who knew her in high school and I was like who are you right now <laughs> right and like it sucks it sucks in a lot of ways we all know it sucks but it sucks in ways that I don't think straight people would see as bad enough I feel like if they didn't make Harper be worse that straight people would watch the movie and be like where's the conflict right? Like, where's the drama? Where's, like, what is she getting upset about? I don't understand. Like, so you had to not hold hands for five days. Like, what's the big deal, right? And so I think that what they attempted to do is to make, like, the parents be the bad guys for the straight people watching the movie who are like, oh, these awful parents with their, you know, like, outdated views and blah, blah, blah. And then instead, what you ended up doing was make Harper just treat Abby horribly in this whole movie to try to make straight people understand that, like, no, she's doing bad things, right? But then queer people are like, well, it was bad enough, and now, <laughs> on top of everything else, and it just sort of, like, snowballed into making her this person that we're like, why? Why would you... Why would you stay with that? And why would you pick that at the end? And like, what are you doing? Right? And so it it almost just feels like they didn't know how to make both movies at the same time. That's what it, like, that's what I keep thinking every time I watch this, you know, I'm curious, Eustina, what do you think they could have changed about Harper's story? to Thank make you her... so much? <laughs> yeah, like to make it to make it there could still have been conflict. So here. Here's what I think would have made – I was literally – I wrote it in my notes while I was watching it today. I think that if we had either seen the story from Harper's point of view or if the movie didn't just immediately start with them going to see Harper's family and rather gave like a brief history of their relationship, showed what they were like together when they were like comfortable and alone and showed us more of who Harper was when she was comfortable and safe and didn't have to feel like she had to hide herself, then that could have changed the whole tone of the movie. Um, mm -hmm. Then you see later on that their biggest issue – is communication and honesty. And that's, it's it's there throughout the whole movie. I mean, Harper lied to Abby about coming out to her parents and then didn't tell her until they were already almost there. And then Abby's immediate response was, I don't want to go. I don't want to have to do this. This isn't what I signed up for. Why didn't you tell me kind of thing? And then Harper just convinced her to do it. And Abby was like, all right, let's do it. But that to me was like, oh man, like you, you've been with her for over a year. <laughs> you've just kept this from her and you've been lying to her. Like 
every relationship I like have entered into at the very beginning, this is this is my truth. This is my story. I have to be this way. If you don't like it, you can leave. Because that's just, that's what you do. You don't keep that from your partner. And some people are like, all right, well, this isn't for me. Bye. And other people are like, yeah, I get it. You're just trying to keep yourself safe. That's fine. You know? So yeah. I just, I feel like the conflict was put there in a very, how do I put this? Lesbians tell each other everything. <laughs> <laughs> and I just don't, I don't understand why this wasn't talked about beforehand. I don't get it either, too, because I'm like, also, Abby was so understanding. And we all were like, of course she was. Yeah. Like, it wasn't surprising that she was understanding. So it's like, why would you keep that from your partner? And then, yes, like, put her in a horrible, like, uncomfortable situation. And the thing that really got me the most, too, was I've been saying this a bunch. I'm like, if Abby was just her friend, like, if Abby was literally your orphan friend, you would have treated her better than you treated your girlfriend. You know what I mean? Like, if the the lie you were telling was true, you still could have treated her better. Oh, yeah. Okay, wait. I have an important thing on that because, and I'm going to bounce this because I'll bounce this back. On that note, I have a really important thing that um, that didn't occur to me like the first time watching this movie and occurred to me uh, a little bit after that I also think is important about the parents because that's another thing that I don't really get in this movie. I don't buy the parents treating Abby the way they did without knowing that she was gay and without knowing that they were together. Right? Because here's the thing. What you're telling me is this waspy white family who is obsessed with how they appear to other people welcomed their daughter's orphaned friend <laughs> into her into their house and then shat on her for five days straight. Like, that's not correct. No. <laughs> that's not that's not how that story happens. And I can say that because <laughs> because I have been the person who comes into that type of household as the girlfriend and knows that, like, I think the reason it didn't jump out at me is I'm like, oh, this is all very familiar. The, like, thinly veiled, the judgmental tones, the, like, you know, brush off, whatever. But you know who doesn't get that? Every friend who shows up. Like, I'm sorry, that's not who gets that treatment. And so it didn't make any sense in that context, right? Like, why are they treating Abby so badly when they're people who are obsessed with, like, seeming perfect and coming off as perfect? I, I agree with that completely. Like, my my parents would probably hate Nadia if they knew she was my girlfriend, but they are so nice to her. They are so nice to her um, because that's how people, that's how parents like that act around your friends. They want to seem like they're perfect like they're the perfect family like we're gonna do whatever it takes to come off as like this sweet perfect family even if we're not but like the mom literally like screams at her about like when she asks oh where should I put this Christmas tree and then she's like in the oven like chill woman (laughs) that was literally insane and then even like father comes into the kitchen and she's like hey and he's like hey Abby like like he barely (laughs) cares that she's like 
in the kitchen saying hi to him. Like it was right, it was. and that she is, and she is desperate to talk to him and like butter him up about his speeches and whatever. The dude who sits in the dark in his own like study listening to himself give a speech that he gave two hours earlier. <laughs> that is not the dude who who does not like seek out those conversations. Right? It just it's again. I think that they like tried to take everything and like elevate it you know and be like do you see do you see how it's happening and i'm like i don't think you needed to do that so okay that's my quick i just needed a quick aside about the parents because that felt very not realistic to me um but i i want to bounce us back to ellie your question about how do you make harper redeemable in this movie or how do you change her character to make her better because there's also a lot of things that i could see that don't even require you to change anything other than like a few like how you direct a scene or how you film a scene because there were things that were thrown away in this that I didn't understand why one big one that I want to point out so remember when they're at the party they're at the big dinner party like the gala event whatever yes and Sloan clocks Abby and Harper holding hands and then clocks Abby like staring heart eyes at Harper right it the other way Right at where she clocks them holding hands and sees Harper staring enraptured at her girlfriend, right? Because the thing that I that I most disliked in this movie is that you almost never see Harper really in love with Abby. Because other than having her like sneak in for a booty call or whatever, like you know she basically acts like she doesn't even like her the whole weekend that they're there. Right? And I'm like, I, considering that they use that with Sloan and then they never do anything with it. She never, like, brings it up. She never calls Abby out on it. She never calls Harper out on it. I'm like, why not have it be the other way? Right? Like, have her catch her sister being clearly in love with the woman standing next to her. Like, that's like a small change that to me would have made a huge difference in how I view Harper's character, right? Because I'm like, you don't need to establish that Abby's in love. We get it. <laughs> We get it. You do the whole movie with that. Like, so let's talk about the inconsistencies of this movie because there were so many. Um, and I think the biggest one for me, despite how much I love John, was the his like attitude about everything. Because in in like the first half of the movie, he's like, I'm judging you so hard, you're making a terrible decision. What the hell? Get out of there. Like, you don't need to be shoved in the closet. And then later on, he has this big speech about, well, you know, Abby, you shouldn't judge Harper for not being out because everyone's story is different, which like he's right. Everyone's story is different. And, you know, if if Harper is not ready, then she's not ready. That doesn't mean she doesn't love Abby. But it was just so weird to me to see that like ridiculous 180 like, huh? <laughs> yeah, I think they had to write like. Because, you know, they, like, do many, like, rewrites, right? They're going to watch the whole movie. So they probably watched the movie and then were like, oh, Harper is super unlikable. Like, we really need to make her more relatable. So let's give John, who everyone loves, this speech. And they just threw that speech in, yeah. like, to basically, like, smooth things over. And I agree with you. Like, the speech is actually great. On its own is great, but it's not talking about Harper, <laughs> So it's very confusing. It's yeah. very confusing. Uh, yeah. Um, the, I think that the speech was exactly what it needed to be to shift that movie into, well, wait, um, maybe I'm judging her too harshly. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, beautifully written. I cried because, like, yes, exactly. That's how I feel. 
Um, I just think it was a little out of character to come from the same person who was like, um, I'm judging you for allowing yourself to be pushed back in the closet. Like, okay, pick a side. <laughs> yes. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> it's a great speech. It's a great speech. But the other thing that I have a problem with, not about the speech itself, but the problem is that speech and that scene, again, consistency, that doesn't set up the ending that, that they then did, right? They wanted an ending that they didn't lead us to. They led us to Abby breaking up with Harper, and I think she should have broken up with Harper in this movie, right? Like, they wrote a rom-com, and, like, this is the rom-com story. The rom-com story is, like, this is my life, and this is my relationship that I'm in, even though it's not the right thing for me. And then, right, like, I mean, think of every Hallmark movie. I'm dating big city man with a fancy job, and he's a lawyer, and he works a lot. And then I go home, and I remember, like, what I actually care about, and I meet high school boy, right? Like, if you take every straight Hallmark movie, that's the movie. The movie is like, you're in the wrong relationship. What is the right relationship for you? And this movie <laughs> instead is like, you're in the wrong relationship. Now you're engaged. And you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Like, you not only set it up wrong, you set it up wrong and you gave us the alternative love interest by putting Riley there. And you gave us their whole connection and chemistry. And then you're just like, whoops, but she still picks, like, the old relationship. And it's like, why are you bucking that trend? Like, you know how the formula works. You set it up according to the formula, and then you just didn't do the ending that, that it needs. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. To be fair, in their defense, I don't think they meant for Abby and Riley to have the chemistry <laughs> that they did. I don't think they did that on purpose at all. Look, um, who casts uh, who casts Aubrey Plaza sees her in those blazers and doesn't think anyone any woman on that set is going to have that chemistry we, with her? Unacceptable. We have to talk about Riley in general. Unacceptable. I mean, first of all, Aubrey Plaza herself literally says she wants people rioting in the streets for for, for Abby and Riley to get together. Which and she's also, right. Let's make a, I'm like, let's literally make an event, right? Event, like set a date and a time, like the gays will come out in the streets for this. <laughs> Everyone get um, your blazers on and uh, let's go protest the ending of this Oh my God, can movie. you imagine if blazers we're all only. just like dressed up, like everyone cosplay as someone from Happiest Season and just show up in the streets like with signs, with flags, burning, burning pride flags. But actually, we shouldn't do that. I don't want to burn a pride flag, but you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but like, from the second she shows up, she's magnetic. She magnetic. looks good. She looks good in this movie. Okay? That's what we're going to say. Mm-hmm. <sighs> we're going to say that. She looks good and she's a better partner than Harper is the whole time. I think they also just look better on screen together. I don't know what it is about them. I Is it I the lack it's... of the terrible wig that they put Mackenzie oh, Davis in? <laughs> I think it's also I Mackenzie Davis is straight, right? I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I mean, she's obviously a lesbian icon because of yes. San um, Junipero, yes. but I don't know if she is in real life. But but here's the thing. Okay. Go say what you're gonna say. I will <laughs> hold my thoughts. <laughs> I was I know that a lot of people have commented on the fact that they actually do have chemistry in the movie. And I'm not gonna lie, there's some moments that are cute. Like when Abby's kissing Harper's forehead and, you know, that whole scene, that's really cute. I just think that it's very apparent in, at least to me, in the movie that Mackenzie is probably straight in real life. 
because it just feels so effortless with Riley and Abby. And I'm not like completely hating on Abby and Harper, but I think we all can agree that we wanted Abby to be with Riley. I mean, that's just like, duh. That's it. Like, that's literally it. Mm -hmm. And also like, I was dying so that the one scene that I really want to talk about, well, there's many, but first the the party scene, like the big Christmas party, (laughs) because the whole scene with them in the courtyard is like, what, three lines and you're like, chemistry. Uh Well, she also looks at her, right? She looks up. Uh Uh-huh. And does a little wine glass thing. Oh, God. So hot. (laughs) So good. But like my favorite is when she's like, I can relate. And then she, and then she also like. She's like, what? I'm not gay. And then she she literally says, I like your jacket. <laughs> and I'm like, this bitch. She's like, okay, yeah, you're not gay. Look at your outfit. Uh-huh. Oh, it's so good. And then I think, I mean, the bigger scene to talk about is the gay bar scene. Is yes. the gay bar scene, but I want to stay on Mackenzie Davis for a second. Because here's the thing. Mentioning San Junipero and having already done or should have been gay on Terminator, I refuse to believe that Mackenzie Davis cannot We've seen her play convincing, like, gay characters. Yes. Right? Like, there's no chance that she can't do it. This is not like a, you know, Catherine Heigl and Jenny's wedding situation. (laughs) We've seen it. The chemistry can be there. I just think they wrote her character badly. And what's funny is actually watching it the second time around for me, I feel I don't necessarily feel more for Harper I feel more for Mackenzie Davis I just think she was given like a really sloppily written character in this you know and she doesn't she doesn't get a lot of opportunities yes I agree with that and I will say that the second time around I saw the urgency in Harper more the urgency to keep Abby in her life um in those Mm -hmm. moments where she's like oh fuck I'm gonna lose her Um, Because we see a lot during the movie that she just kind of runs off and does her own thing. And she's like, oh, I don't care. Go home by yourself or whatever. But then she kind of wakes up at some point. She's like, oh, fuck, I'm going to lose the love of my life if I don't do something right now. I will give her credit for that because I think that she just – I don't think she's a bad person. I think that she was written kind of badly. And I think that she has good intentions. She just doesn't know what to do with herself and what to do in the position she's in. But that's why I'm saying I think that small changes were like, give her the chance to like, look at her, just look at her like you love her. Like, Mm -hmm. give her an opportunity to play the chemistry that like, I feel like they didn't give her any chances to do it in this, you know? Like, there wasn't a lot to, there there just weren't a lot of opportunities. And I think that's why like, small changes like that, I think would have changed a lot of our, like, queer people's impression of Harper as a person, you know? Or or as a character. Well, I think too, like, take out the, the looks like stick up for your friend when she's getting shit on by your family. Yeah. Like I like I think about it like I have a like I have a crazy family. Like I love them, but like any person I brought home, like girlfriend or otherwise, if I was taking them home to meet my family, I would be like, okay, here's the deal with my family. This person's crazy, this person's crazy, this person's <laughs> gonna say this to you, this person's gonna do this. Like I'll if you need me to like pull you out of any uncomfortable situations, I'm there. Like, that's what you do, like, even for a friend, let alone your girlfriend. Like, leave her to the wolves. And then my as my dog barks in the background. <laughs> yeah. But really, at the party, she just leaves her the entire time 
to fend for herself at this party that she clearly feels uncomfortable at. Oh, yeah. When when she was, like, out with her friends. And then the, the thing that I hate the most about that scene is that, like, in the uh, – let's, let's go back a little bit. So in the beginning of the day – She's accused of being a criminal, so she's told she can't go to this dinner, so she's by herself now. And then – so she's like, all right, I'm just going to, like, go out, I guess. And she goes shopping and then runs into Riley, and they end up going to a gay bar, I think, question yes. mark. It's like a drag bar where they're just, like, laughing, having a good time, talking about – and, like, this is the first time in the entire movie that we see Abby this comfortable. That we see her smile. Yes. That we see her just feel like, oh, my God, I could be myself. What a relief. Um, And then she goes from a night like that to meeting up with her girlfriend where her girlfriend's just, like, not paying attention to her. She feels totally left out. She's just, like, there while her girlfriend's, like, hanging out with her ex-fucking boyfriend and her friends who don't know she's gay. And she's clearly uncomfortable. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to go home. And Harper's like, well, okay, have fun. I'm going to stay. That moment for me was like red flag. First of all, you ignoring her at the bar, bottom line. But you had a chance to redeem yourself by going home with her. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you had a horrible night. But like then show us, oh, I'm so sorry you're feeling uncomfortable here. You know what? I don't care about these people Mm because she doesn't and shouldn't. Like, let's go home together and, like, we could talk about it on the way home. And then she says, text me when you get home, which Abby does. She sends texts like, hey, just got home. Like, are you going to be out late? No response. Okay, well, I'm going to go to bed now. No response. I love you. No response. And poor Abby stays up until, like, 1.30 in the morning waiting for a response, never gets one. And then she wakes up to see, um, Harper says, just got home, night. Not even I love you, too. Yep. Or anything. So she's like, oh, no, something's wrong. She goes to check up on her. And then Harper's like, um, why are you being all up in my business? Like, I need space from you. It's like, what? Also, I'm literally like, what lesbians are you? Like, right? and you can tell why Abby's like so pissed off because she's like, I'm suffocating you. She's like, I've never heard those words in my life. <laughs> like, I could be the most on top of you and you would never tell me you're suff- I'm suffocating you. And she literally barely, like, she just wanted to know where she was. Mm-hmm. And she's suffocating her. Yeah, that was that was weird to me. After she stayed out until 2 a.m., like, with her ex-boyfriend, she just says, you're suffocating me because she checked up on her in the morning. I didn't, I didn't get that at all. I mean... You know, she's she's going through something. I think this this woman just needs therapy because mm-hmm. um, she has a lot of things she needs to work out. I don't think that she's a bad person, but that moment was just like, uh, what? Yeah. And we watched this, me and Nadia, we watched this um, with her family. And her family was just like, we all were just like, oh, my God, what's wrong with this woman? Like, yep. what's wrong with her? Why is she treating this poor girl like this? I mean, she's putting herself in the most uncomfortable position just to make you happy and you are giving her nothing Nothing. in return. I watched this movie with my straight sister who like is an ally, but like, (laughs) but I watched it with her and like afterwards, it was just really interesting talking to her because she was like, wow, you must have been so angry with that movie. She was like, is this a romantic comedy? (laughs) 
because <laughs> it's a lot of drama. Like she could acknowledge it was uh-huh. traumatic and she's never had to go through that. So as a queer person watching it, it's like it's traumatic and she's never had to live it. Like, so it's just it's crazy. Also, wait, can I just say for real quick that um, Sloan's husband is definitely gay. I thought he was gay, too. <laughs> He's definitely gay. And that plot twist at the end where we find him with that woman, I was expecting that they open the door and he's making out with a man. Like, he's fully gay. And I just was not (laughs) expecting him to be having an affair with another woman. The second he grabbed Abby's hand and said, coconut coconut oil. oil. I was like, okay, you're homo, clearly. (laughs) And I just was prepared for that entire storyline. I was like, I'm ready. And it didn't come. And I was like, what the hell? Do you <laughs> he think it was right there? Do you think that was the plan? And they were like, there's too like the studio was like, there's too many gays in this movie. It's very possible. I'm not gonna lie to you. We're gonna take a quick break to hear from some sponsors, and we'll be right back to talk more about all of our feelings about the happiest season. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Can I actually jump us back to one other quick thing? Because the bar is another one of my places where I would redeem Harper's character a little bit with just like a real small tweak to the story, which is have her come out to Connor, right? Yeah. There's no reason for her not to. There's no reason. And it's it would have been like such an empowering place, I think, for her to like claim that story with somebody who has like... Connor doesn't seem like there's any reason not to tell him. He doesn't seem like, you know, oh, I'm going to, like, run and tell your family. Like, I feel like that would have been such an easy place for her to be like, actually, I am, like, somebody who is comfortable in my sexuality, and this is my girlfriend, and, like, I'm just not telling my parents, but, you know. She had the perfect opportunity. He gave it to her. Just to not lead you on. Uh Here's my story, and here's what it is, and here's who I am, and I don't, like... I feel like, again, that would have felt like a very relatable thing for queer people to, like, latch on to. <laughs> While we're talking about Connor, I remember the dinner scene um, when Connor was invited and, 
they were talking about the chicken pox story and Abby was like, oh, I know this story. And the mom's like, well, then you must know that she very quickly gave it to Connor. And Abby was like, huh? I didn't know Connor was there. And I was like, what? I literally tell, like, if I'm telling a story, I tell every single detail of it to my girlfriend. Like, there isn't anything that she doesn't know. So if I was with a boy at that time, I would tell her and I would fucking laugh about it because, ew. You know? Yep. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, we don't know if Harper is a lesbian or if she's bi. She doesn't actually say either. She says, I'm gay, but that is mostly just an umbrella term so we d- she could be she could be still into men i don't know but um. yeah i mean i think that was like that was a big part i think with connor cuz i have a sneaking suspicion she didn't come out to him because she might still have feelings for him oh really see i didn't read it that way i well i just feel like or not maybe not necessarily she has feelings for him I think she still has, we were talking about this a little bit, like she has a lot of therapy. Yes. I think she, she still has this small part of her that's like, maybe this could be my life. Like maybe, like, so I, like, I think she was shitty towards Abby for other reasons too, of like flirting with your ex-boyfriend right in front of your girlfriend. Like, and I think there was like a part of her that's like, what if I could just like, be with Connor, things would be easier. I don't know. There was like, I think there's just like a lot of layers to the Connor. See that, that, I guess that would tie into the, like the fact that in the, the morning after she was like, you're suffocating me. I need space. Maybe she's just, I think there's a part of her that's like, I need to do what will make my parents happy. And I really feel for her in that. I, I understand. It's a really hard position to be in um and it took a lot for me to get to the place where it's like I don't give a fuck what my parents think I'm gonna be who I am um I talk about it at length on my episode of coming out pod it took a long time for me to be like you know what fuck what you guys think I don't care if you don't know that I'm gay like that's not something you need to know because I need to be comfortable in my own life I don't need to you know twist and turn my life into making it whatever you want it to be And I don't think that she's anywhere near being there yet. And she has a long journey ahead of her. Even at the end when she comes out to her parents, I don't think that she still was, I don't care what you think of me. Because even after saying her speech, she was like, so do you guys still love me? (laughs) Like She was seeking that approval. And that's, I think that's a big thing. And it's maybe that's a reason why, like, I didn't read the Connor thing as her still being into Connor. And I, I didn't read, cause she's the thing the next morning, it's coming from a defensive place. Yes, absolutely. I didn't read it as defensiveness of like there, I might still have feelings. And like, why are you interrogating these feelings? Like, I do think, I mean, one thing I will say for Harper's character is like, they did write parents who are terrible, right? Like she has a horrible family dynamic and like, it's, I do feel for Harper a little bit more if you interpret a lot of her actions in this movie as, like, coming from a place of trauma. (laughs) Like, I mean, not that we need to, like, psychoanalyze the entirety of the script. But we will. But, like, but we will. And so, like, that is a reaction that is coming from trauma of disappointing someone that you love and reacting defensively in that situation. Fine. I get that. But I agree, Eustina. Like, I just... I don't think that this movie gave us enough time 
to redeem Harper the same way that I don't think it gave us enough time to redeem the parents. Like, I don't understand how the crux of this movie is that you have to buy into the idea that her parents are so conservative and so homophobic and so against this that she has been living in fear and denial and hiding her entire life and they get over it in approximately 11 hours, no. right? No, and that's that's something that I put in my essay where I'm just like, oh, like the there's a happy ending and everyone just does this set in 180, including Sloan, who two minutes ago just outed her. Um, and they are like so loving and accepting. So why don't I like it? Why don't I like that happy ending? I mean, yes, I want the suffix to have a happy ending, but it doesn't feel, from what we know in the movie, authentic. And it also doesn't mirror a lot of queer people's experience with coming out. I think I would have honestly really liked it if her parents were like, no, fuck you. And she's like, well, I don't fucking need you. This is the only family that I have. And this is the only family that I need. And that would have redeemed her so much. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine? Imagine if she had come out and her parents had been like, well, mm -hmm. we're not OK with this. And I need you to hide in the closet for me to win my mayoral race. And then she was like, well, fuck you guys. I'm going to go find Abby. And then she goes to find yes. Abby at the end and gives that. Imagine just. Yes. Um, Dream uh, with me for a second that speech of showing up and saying like, hey, you know what? You're right. I have been absolute shit. My parents are not okay with this right now, but like, I don't care. I want to spend Christmas with you. Exactly. Imagine that ending. And then like uh, a year later, we could me. show, a year later, we could show the progress her family has made, right? Yes. But, but yes. in that moment, it was like, uh, that lifestyle choice two minutes later. Our daughter, like, just got her heart broken because she was afraid we wouldn't love her. Okay, where was that mindset before, though? Why yep. is that my? I mean, like, I get it, though, because coming out, you – when somebody you love comes out to you, I'm sure in that moment you have a lot of internal battles, internal struggle. Like, okay, well, does this really matter? But I just – I think that I would have loved to see that kind of representation of – no, we don't want this in our house. Well, and you want to you want to see them earn it. They have to earn it, yeah. right? Because it you're right. It that's not it's never that story. Like mm -hmm. who what queer person who has been hiding for mm -hmm. that long and that afraid is doing it for no reason. Right? <laughs> like that's not the reality. The reality is that they're not going to be okay with it overnight. And like, and that's okay. Yes. <laughs> that's okay. That is some people's story. And the same way that like John's speech is like that's a valid story and that's a, like you can show that and you can show that but i think again it's like you can't market a movie to straight people that is going to make the straight people in it look terrible and unaccepting and i think i think that's where they went wrong that's where, where that's where they went wrong because they made harper the antagonist when it should have been all focused on parents cuz they're the real villains here i don't want to hate harper i want them to have a happy ending despite the fact that it's a very blatantly white movie and lacks any kind of important um, POC representation with the exception of Aubrey Plaza, but even then she's mostly white passing. So I think that the movie in the structure of the movie in itself is flawed because it's an overly white movie. Oh, but God, yes. despite that fact, I wanted it to succeed because I want like representation. The lesbian in me is like, oh God, yes, I need this. While the person of color in me is like, <laughs> why can't we have more? Why can't we have yeah. better? Hopefully, mm -hmm. because of this and the success of it, we can 
fingers crossed, have yes. better. Yes. Be- and, like, that is why we do have to be critical of it. Like, yeah. when yes. people are like, oh, you know, beggars can't be choosers or whatever. It's like, no. Mm-hmm. We can be. And yeah. we should be. And I've seen a lot of people say, like, why can't you just let us enjoy this? You can absolutely enjoy this while also recognizing that there are steps we can take to bring on better representation for both queer people and queer people of color. You can do both. Like, I did enjoy the movie and I will watch it again. Yes. Because I enjoyed it and because some of the dialogue is fantastic and some of the characters are great. And I just want to keep seeing Aubrey Plaza in those (laughs) suits and that's fine. I did enjoy the movie, but it's also, I think it's important to be, to talk about things. And it's especially important to talk about things that bring up real issues for queer people in a way that glosses over them because that's the thing that i think is hard about this movie is like this is a movie that really brushes aside an awful lot of like really unhealthy relationship communication styles it glosses over a lot of like to me talking about the parents i'm like i can't believe that straight people are gonna watch this movie and just think that it's like oh it's okay like if i have caused you to hide in fearful silence of who you are around me for your entire life. Like, as long as I'm nice about it tomorrow, it's all okay. And it's like, "Mm, mm, that's not the story that I think you need to be showing straight people if you want to market. Like, given that this wasn't a movie that was only marketed towards queer people, like, you have to take responsibility for showing people that it's like, no, like, actually, now the work begins. And they just skipped all the work on every front. They skipped it with Harper and Abby, and they skipped it with the parents. And I'm like, that's har- that's harmful <laughs> to queer people to pretend that the work doesn't have to happen. Because it does, and it should, and it will. And, like, and that, I think, would have been a more relatable story to queer viewers of this movie than the story that we got you know and like that's the thing is like watching this movie you know the same way that you're saying Justina that you wanted to be represented and then you weren't is it's hard to like watch a movie when I'm like you know look as someone and like Kelsey didn't even really ever like live in the closet from her family the way you did but like we told her mom way before we told her dad you know and then once her dad knew like I spent years, like, years after we were married, where he barely spoke to me and left the room anytime I walked in. And, like, that's a relatable story. Like, yes. that's a real story that you that you could see and that you could feel like, yes, that's a reality that, like, people experience. And it sucks, but it's true, you know? And I think that having that just the 180 switch to just being like, and everything's fine and happy and perfect and here's the happy ending and you're like, whoa. Yeah, I wish. Like, oh man, I yeah. would kill to have the happy ending. If that were if that were true and, and if that could actually happen, like, please, God, let that happen to me. Um, and that's, that's the problem I had with it is that it's like, God, don't get my hopes up. Like, you know, because that's not going to be my story. And if if my parents eventually decide that they are okay with it, it's going to take years. It's going to it's going to take a long time for them to even remotely be okay with it. And even then they're not going to be okay with it. And I know that. And that's just going to be my life and and I have to and I have accepted that. But parents like those, they're not just going to do a 180 overnight and decide, "Okay, I'm I'm a full ally. I'm going to go to pride with you." That's just not, not that's not yeah. the reality for a, a lot year. of people. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, that's why, like, I do think it is, like, that is the sort of the crux of it, of, like, what we're talking about, the parents as the antagonist. Because it is, like, with your, like, with your girlfriend, like, 
you're a team that's supporting each other through like you're having a really hard time hiding yourself as well. And Abby's supportive of Harper in that, but Harper just leaves Abby to deal with it on her own. Harper didn't give Abby the chance to comfort her and be there for her and be like, I'm so sorry that they're like this. Like, I'm here for you. Like, we're going to do this together. I'll hold your hand. Every chance that she got, she just wasn't there. And I think even small moments like that could have really redeemed this movie, like, by a long shot, but we just never get to see small acts of service or small like um, touches, except for that one hand holding scene, which was actually very cute. I wanted so much more of that. Yes. So much more of that. Yes. Right? Yes. Which, on that note, can we talk? Because here's the thing we're, I know we're being very critical, and that's because we're all up in our feelings about this movie. Can <laughs> we take a hot minute and let's talk about some of the things that were good in this movie? Because it's not a bad movie. Other right? than Riley? Like, it's, it has so much going for it. And I think that's why it's frustrating for us, having waited, having known that it was coming, waited for so long with the cast, with the creators. I think all of us are just, we're a little disappointed because we wanted more. But Let's talk about some of what was good. What was what were the things that you liked in the movie? I liked that Kaysu looked like my girlfriend. Um, <laughs> Cuz it gave me a newfound appreciation for Kaysu and now we can't unsee Riley and Abby from either of us. So, um yeah. I will I I will add more to that, but I just wanted everyone listening to know that. <laughs> You're like, I just want everyone to know I'm dating a case to look alike. Yes. So <laughs> jealous. Oh, yes. Um NBD. Wait, so do you think you're gonna cosplay as Riley and Abby at some point? I mean, it's oh already God, it's already been something that I'm like, hell yeah, we're yes. gonna do it. I have to buy a blazer because <laughs> I don't own one. Um, yes. But hell yeah. Actually my work group chat was like, okay, it's December, time to change all your pictures to characters from um, Christmas movies, so mine is obviously Riley. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, I love yes, it. absolutely. Well, the things that I do love about this movie, number one, huge budget, which is exciting for us because we don't get that very often. So amazing. Number two, um, within the first, like, five or six minutes of the film, we have a kiss mm-hmm. between two women. And, like, I don't want to discredit that. Like, I know that's like sounds like, Oh, they kissed, but it is a huge deal to have so much physical affection between Harper and Abby. They have a lot of physical affection between each other in this movie. And to the point where, like, it's the same amount that we get in straight rom-coms, besides when, like, they're in the clock having to, like, hide themselves. But even when they're hiding from the parents, like, we get a scene where they're making out on the bed. Like, we get scenes where we can see that, like, these two women sleep together rather than like the ster- the sterilized version of queerness that we tend to get in mainstream portrayals of 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 us on screen. So I don't want to not give them credit for those moments and like the handhold, the forehead kiss. Like we do get a lot of intimate moments, which Speaking feels. Speaking of good. intimate moments, something I really loved about this movie was. Um, the part where they're making out on the bed and Harper's on top. You can't tell me now that I think of it that Mackenzie Davis is not straight after doing that. <laughs> you see her hand I love movement. When we start this episode. I know. Like, I think she. Is. Oh yeah. no. Okay. She's no. Fine. Yeah. I'm like now that I think of it. Did you see her hand movements? Like I would also do that if I was on top of Kristen Stewart. <laughs> 
but I'm gay, so. <laughs> I agree, though. I think some of the, I will say, like, the dialogue in this movie is fantastic. The way it's written is great. I have a lot of issues with the story and the the beats that they chose to focus on and the character arcs and stuff. But, like, you cannot fault the dialogue. Jane <laughs> is a gift. Yes. John is a gift. Riley is a gift. I mean, like, there are so many things in this movie that are going to be the reason that we will keep watching it, you know? It's not like we are unwilling as, as queer uh, viewers of media to forgive some things. We will be forgiving a lot in this movie, I think, story-wise. <laughs> but it is, I mean, and, and that's the thing that's hard to explain, is, like, we can be thrilled to see a movie with this budget and this cast telling this story at the same time that we can call out the things that need to be done better with this cast and this budget <laughs> telling our stories, you know? I think that's fair. I think we're allowed that. I think we've waited an awful long time to get this, right? I think the only way they can really redeem themselves at this point is if they make a Valentine's Day sequel that's focused around Riley meeting a woman and then have that be like this cute rom-com um that does not focus on coming out and that has like a different stupid conflict that they can you know get past easily i don't know i just really want to see more riley so hulu if you're oh listening my God, to this more riley give us please. more riley please just cast aubrey plaza as queer and everything from <laughs> now on please and thank you yes. that's what i would like to I'm see for it Aubrey, if you're listening, call us. <laughs> Aubrey, if you're, <laughs> Aubrey if you're listening, we're writing musicals now. Free we on need Thursday. you. Please call them when on Thursday when they are free. If you are also free on Thursday, call them on Thursday when you are free. I don't know. Is yes. that how it goes? <laughs> yes. Oh my god, so good. So I feel like we've we have talked about a lot of of this film. Is there anything that we've missed before we go into our Q and Gay? I mean, it, you ask that, and I'm like, let me just keep talking for the next two hours. I can't. I can't do it. We, I think we've hit the main things. I that, think we have we hit the main things. Yeah. Cast people of color in your movies. That's it. Make them be more than shoplifters. Yeah, Just do we want thought. to talk about the little children? No. I think that's all we need to say. I think we can say, please cast people of color and have them do something other than steal. Yes. Good? Good. Okay. Yeah, that was right, not great. All right, it's time for our Q and gay. Let's do this. Q. 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 And. and, and gay. All right, so we're going to ask you some multiple choice yes or no questions. These are all for you, Eustina. Okay. Um, and I mean, maybe we'll answer them if we're, if we're feeling excited, but it's really mostly for you. Here we go. Okay. Question number one. Have you ever had to pretend you were just friends with your significant other? A, yes. yes. <laughs> B, only with family. Or C, no. Only with family. I have never introduced her as a friend to anybody else. You know, it's a reality for some people. Mm -hmm. That's life. That's what we do. Number two, what is your go-to gift for a white elephant? A, a donut maker, B, a necklace, C, a painting, or D, a bidet? A bidet. <laughs> you can't go <laughs> wrong with a bidet. <laughs> Why wouldn't you want a bidet? It's just better. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. Thank you. You can come, you can come to our family Christmas party Oh my party God. This year. I'll be there. <laughs> All right, question number three. What's your favorite part of Christmas? A, the lights, B, the presents, C, the music, or D, spending time with family? Lights. <laughs> A fair answer. Uh-huh. Are you like, are you 
all lights are good or do you have like specific tastes? I like yellow lights, like the uh, the warm lights. Um, I don't – I'm not crazy about like the rainbow lights for Christmas. Um, mm. But I really love seeing lights up. Like I, I go to Candy Cane Lane all the time. Like not all the time. But like almost every year I'm taking Nadia this year and it just nice. – I, I like – I think it's cute. I think that's – one, I, I don't like the music because it's overplayed. Um, I don't like the presents because I never, I never, like, my parents don't really, like, our family's just weird and they're always like, um, what do you want? I'll get it. So it's not, like, a surprise or anything. Mm-hmm. And I don't really like spending time with my family. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Question four. What was the worst thing Harper did in the movie? A, lie about having come out. B, force Abby into the closet. C, destroy Jane's painting. Or D, not take the short chair when she's like seven feet tall. Oh my God, you made this so hard. Um, I'm <laughs> stuck between C and D because destroying <laughs> Jane's painting was so brutal, but also the chair part really pissed me off as a short person. <laughs> and like, case two is also really tiny. Like, how could you not switch? Like, I know she's like, do you want to switch? But, like, obviously she's going to say no. Yes. Yes. And obviously you are, like, 12 feet tall. Literally. And you should very, very <laughs> clearly be sitting in the tiny little chair. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Yeah, you know what? I think I'm going to go with chair. Uh, I agree. As a yes. short person, uh-huh. inexcusable. <laughs> it's good to know. I'm like, as a tall person, I'll make sure I always switch chairs with the short people. <laughs> yes. <Thank laughs> Unforgivable. <you>. Literally. <laughs> I was just going to say... Honestly, we did not talk about Jane enough in this in this episode. So just like everyone know, we're obsessed with Jane, justice for Jane. I actually have some of the drinking game rules. Her um I would buy her book in a second. She's brilliant. They should not have bullied her. She's a bright light and a beautiful joy for this whole world. That's all. Yes to all of that. <laughs> justice for Jane. And that's my feelings on Jane. <laughs> all right, question number 5, the most important one and the easiest one to answer. Who should Abby have ended up with? A, Harper, or B, Riley? Riley. (laughs) Team Riley. We're all team Riley here. I am so excited for the shit show we are going to unleash on Twitter when we post these. Oh, I know people are going to be sending me death threats, and I'm ready for it. I'm going to back myself up. (laughs) Because of Riley? No, because of Harper, I think. Because we were overly critical. But listen, guys, I said some nice things, so please don't send me death threats. I I don't want them. Yes, we were we were very, I think, kind comparatively. I think we were kind, and I think the reason I, I don't even think that it's it's fair because my biggest critique of Harper as a character is she was the least authentically queer character to me. John was so so authentic to me, obviously. Uh, Abby was authentic to me. Riley was so like just resonated with that queer space uh-huh. inside of all of us, you know. Harper didn't, and I think the reason that she didn't is I just think she wasn't written as how queer people in that situation actually act. Yes, you know, I think they wrote her to be worse, and the ways that they made her worse made her feel not not like a real queer person to me, you know? Yeah. So I get it. I get that there are queer people out there who are in Harper's situation, and we understand that. I just, I think most of them seeing Harper get criticized immediately are like, well, I wouldn't have done all of that stuff, but it's not fair 
to rag on Harper. And I'm like, well, but we're ragging for for all of that stuff that you just said you wouldn't have done. So, like, uh-huh. it is fair. It is fair. I don't care that she's in the closet. I don't care that she forced her girlfriend back in the closet. I care about, like, everything else. Yeah, I agree. Everything else on top of that. You can't do all that other stuff, uh-huh. so... Yep. You can also give your answers to this episode's Q&A questions on our Twitter at Let's Hang Out Pod. Give us all of your thoughts on Happiest Season. I know you have a lot of them. Now we're going to super quickly do our drinking game rules. Um, if you are at home, this is the perfect Christmas drinking game. So here we go. Get some rum and some eggnog ready and let's do this. Number one, anytime they say orphan. Many times. Two, anytime Jane mentions her book universe. Three, anytime Abby and Harper have a close gay call with the family. Four, anytime John calls Abby. (laughs) That's a lot of times. Um, Five, anytime Aubrey Plaza looks at someone. (laughs) (laughs) Ellie's trying to kill us. I like that you said Aubrey Plaza and not Riley. Like everyone everyone else's character's name and it's just Aubrey Plaza. (laughs) That is so true. I didn't even realize that. That's so funny. But you know, you know the look I'm talking about, all right? Mm -hmm. You you'll know. Oh, oh, I know the look. When the look (laughs) happens, you drink. Six. Anytime Tipper takes a picture for the family's Instagram. Also, like her name is Tipper. Um, (laughs) Seven. Anytime Sloane talks about her gift baskets. And eight. Anytime Connor is absolutely oblivious to the fact that his girlfriend, that his ex-girlfriend is gay. Correct. Yes. And we're going to drink. So you so, want people to get alcohol poisoning, right? Yes. yes. We we frequently give a disclaimer. We do not promise that these are survivable <laughs> games. <laughs> yes. Also, choose your own adventure. You can drink as much or as little as you want, but please drink responsibly. So, (laughs) Justina, thank you so much for joining us. It was really great to have your perspective on this particular episode. Where can people find you online if they want to follow you? You can follow me on Twitter at Moonstina with two eyes. Moonstina with one eye was taken, so gotta do what you gotta do my instagram's in my bio my twitter bio so (laughs) yustina will also be doing an instagram story takeover this week so make sure you have any questions for her ready and hang out with her on instagram thank you so much again for hanging out with us yay (laughs) thanks for having me guys let me hear you say hip 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 We love hearing from all of you. We love continuing to build this community. So we just like to shout out some of our favorite things every episode that we've heard from our listeners. And this week, we want to shout out especially everybody who reached out or posted their Spotify wrapped images show or little screen caps showing how, you know, we're in their top podcast lists or how they how they marathoned us um it's you just we cannot express uh touching that is to know that people listen and love the show it's just it's it's really really sweet and really cute and it made us really happy um and so we especially want to shout out um two people that we saw sketchbook studios 96 who marathoned 10 episodes in one day seriously impressive bonkers um and i also remember seeing a, a user who i'm i'm sure i'm gonna mispronounce this but arianhina i think who also marathoned four episodes in a day i know also our our friend and our patron bethany has marathoned a crazy amount of episodes <laughs> absorbing us through osmosis via their ears i think is what's happening yes they literally told me they listened on a very long stressful day and we put them to sleep so that me i'm like Amazing. You're welcome, Bethany. Love you so much. Um, so thank you to all of you. That's just incredible. Incredible. 
I also want to shout out another one of our patrons, F, who is a musician and works on her own music. And so we had a little jam session via Zoom where we talked about audio production and geeked out and it was really fun. So I just wanted to give you a shout out and say I really enjoyed spending some time with you. And as always, we want to thank our Lesbian Jesus patrons, Mark Foster, Jess Klaus, Tanya Ferguson, Danny Griswold, Jacqueline Rose Nishino, Sarah and Julia, Carrie Ann Lawrence, Danny Gunlock Tamora, Brittany Ray, Alana Rosen, and Tara Gleason. And our King Princess patrons, Amy and Ellen, Leah Henley, Liz Chen, Wendy K. Bartlett, and Evelyn Smith. Thank you as always for all of your support. Remember, you can also find us on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Let's Hang Out Pod. Or you can email us at leshangoutpod at gmail.com. Or check out our website at leshangoutpod.com. Whatever app you use to listen to podcasts, make sure that you subscribe. That way you'll get new episodes as soon as they go up. We're also posting videos on our YouTube channel, so make sure you subscribe at youtube.com slash leshangoutpod to catch them. I'm pretty sure we will have a video up for our holiday song on our YouTube, so you're really going to wait till the end of this episode for it, but also you're going to want to see the video. If you want to support the podcast, you can do so many things. The first one is easy. Just go on the Apple Podcasts app, leave us a rating and a review. It helps new people find the podcast. If you want to support us financially, you can do so at Patreon at bit.ly slash lespatreon. We just had our watch party for Happiest Season this past weekend for our patrons. We will definitely be having some more watch parties in the future. So we'd love to see you all there. If you want to get some merch, we have all of our designs. You can get them on so many different things like tank tops and t-shirts and sweaters and mugs and all sorts of cool stuff. You can find that at bit.ly slash lesshop. And if you want to find us individually, you can find me at Ellie Brigida on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at LSH Foster. With that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And, and let's, let's hang, hang out, out again soon. soon. Let's hang out. So we know you're all excited to hear this song. We just wanted to give a quick intro to it. It's a little different than I think I usually do some of our Lessentials uh, original songs. So we opted to, um, because people have so many thoughts and opinions about um, Harper and Abby in this movie, uh, but we still wanted to stay true to the film in some ways. So instead, we just wanted to give everyone a, a fun, happy, queer Christmas Carol duet. So that's what we have. We hope you enjoy it. And we just want you all to have a wonderful, wonderful holiday season. And we hope you duet this with your girlfriends yes, or partners, please. please. <laughs> the sparkle of the light. Don't do it for me. Wintery delight. They're kind of boring. Boxes wrapped in crinkly. i uh-huh.
sweating. The temperature is low. Maybe I'll lend you my sweater. Strolling through the snow. Or maybe my arms would be better. Can I wake up with you on Christmas morning? You're the only present I need. The fire's burning low. That dress you're To do, just tell me what's missing. Spend Christmas Eve with you. Maybe that's all I've been wishing. Can I wake up with you on Christmas? 